Part 5 of Extracts from a Diary kept by the Reverend R. Burroughs during Heke's War in the North in 1845. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Friday, May the 23rd. A messenger brought a letter from Heke to be sent on to Archdeacon Williams, who was to forward it to the governor. As he had read the letter to his people in my presence, I am acquainted with its contents, but do not feel at liberty to quote any portion of it. Footnote. Sent his letter on to Archdeacon Williams. Suffice it to say that it displayed a great amount of independence, and, he said, it was for the governor to decide whether there should be further war or not, as he was on his own land, meaning thereby that he should not seek for further hostilities, but wait for the soldiers to come to him if the governor wanted more fighting. Saturday, May the 24th. Our natives in the settlement are bringing in all the food, etc., they can possibly get together in their own settlements to prevent Wacker's people from taking it. Sunday, May the 25th. Very wet day. Our congregation consisted of those natives only who are living on the station. Our usual prayer meeting in the evening. Monday, May the 26th. Saw Heke today. The Treaty of Waitangi came under discussion. To my reply that I fully concurred in what Archdeacon Williams had again and again told him, namely, that the document was their salvation, he looked at me and said, I suppose those rockets and guns fired at our par at Maui must be taken as evidence of the truth of what you say. They are making rapid progress with their par. Kawiti was hard at work, helping to drag the timber from the bush close by. When I ventured near and was looking at their work, Penny Tawi, the chief of the place, suggested that perhaps I had better not know too much of the construction of their fortification. I took the hint and retired. Tuesday, May the 27th. A considerable mob of Heke's people passed through our settlement on their way to the valley below to take away food, pigs, etc., belonging to Wee Howe's tribe. I remonstrated with them for plundering neutral natives, to which they replied, If we don't take it, Waka's people will. Wednesday, May the 28th. A letter from Archdeacon Williams took me to Bahia today. He purposes going to Auckland to see the governor, as he thinks matters may be so arranged as to prevent further bloodshed. He takes with him certain terms which have been submitted, I scarcely know by whom, upon which peace may be brought about. Thursday, May the 29th. Returned from Paihia by way of Kerikeri. Met Mr. Hobbs of the Wesleyan Mission, returning from Fangaroa, where he had been to pay a visit to some of their people living at Kayo. He stayed the night with me, and I very much enjoyed his company. Ruhe has been down to the bay, and has succeeded in bringing away Pomare to his settlement. He told me he had become surety for him that he would remain neutral, but he is to pay Waka a friendly visit. A rumour reached us today that a party from Waka's place, or Kaihau, are on their way to our station to plunder the neutral natives who are with us. The report originated from the fact that Waka is leaving Okaihau to take up his abode in the Pa on the edge of the lake, which they have been enlarging and strengthening. 
Friday, May the 29th. As I anticipated, the false report that Waka's people were about to overrun the district around the Waimate for plunder, having reached Heke at Ohaiwai, about seventy of his people came into our station early this morning, fully armed, and here divided themselves in parties to get together what they could find in the way of pigs, potatoes, etc. Our neutral natives suffered, as the foraging party did not inquire too particularly who were the owners of what they appropriated to themselves. Saturday, May the 30th. Some of the foraging party very early this morning broke open our mill and took therefrom a quantity of flour. The two small guns with their carriages, which several years before had been purchased by one of the settlers, had been sunk in the mill pond with a view to hide them from Hecke's people. They, however, were known by one or two of the party to be there, and Hakitara, a native who had been for some years out whaling and was a very daring fellow, got together a party, and with great labour managed to get them out, and they were about to drag them through by the path leading to the front of my house. I remonstrated, using my old argument that hitherto no warlike apparatus had passed that way, the path being tapu. After some little discussion, I succeeded in getting them to drag the guns by the public road and round the side of the hill. Sunday, June the 1st. Two native services today, and a large school. A message from Heke, expressive of his regret that the mill had been broken into by any of his party. Monday, June the 2nd. Expecting a conflict between the two parties this morning, I rode out to Maue, where Waka now is. I found a number of his people waiting the approach of Kawiti from Ohaiwai, as he had expressed his intention of visiting the locality to fire some muskets over the spot where his son and some others of his tribe fell when attacked by the detachment of soldiers, as narrated above. Waka had determined that he should not come on to the immediate spot, as he could not do so without passing through where they were working at their two pars. He commissioned me, therefore, if I saw Kawiti, to say he must content himself by firing his muskets at long range. Tuesday, June the 3rd. Kawiti, supported by Heke and a considerable party, moved out from Ohaiwai towards Maue to attempt to force their way to carry out the former's wishes. They were met under Pukenui by a party of Waka's people. A few stray shots were fired, but no casualties, and the affair ended in Kawiti's party firing off their powder about two miles distant from the spot. Wednesday and Thursday, June 4th and 5th. Skirmishing has been going on yesterday and today between the two parties, taken up chiefly by the younger and more daring of the belligerents. I have heard of two or three being wounded, none killed. Went to Paihia early this morning, returned late at night, saw the government brig and another vessel entering the bay. Later in the day, heard that two other vessels are behind with more troops, that the whole force, including volunteers, when all have arrived, will amount to over 600, beside Wacker's men. Saturday, June the 7th. Sent for this morning to a little native girl who had been accidentally shot by her brother. The ball entered near the right breast and passed under the left arm. Found her in dreadful agony, but begging her father not to punish her brother. 
he had been very angry with him for meddling with the gun at all i dressed the double wound and did all i could to relieve the poor child sunday june the eighth saw the little girl who was shot yesterday early this morning found her in great agony i succeeded in relieving her somewhat but question if she will live the usual congregation but a small school our young men especially have become very careless in attending school monday june the ninth our usual monday morning school a large number present but i have no doubt a desire for news as to the movements of the troops now in the bay brought in many of them some two or three who were there had come in from the bay on sunday and brought with them the news they had collected there which was to the effect that the whole force was to be marched into our settlement they could scarcely believe i had received no intimation of the kind from the government officer in command i told them that probably the first reliable information we should have would be a detachment to prepare the way for the main body if they meant to occupy our station about eleven o'clock hecke with some one hundred men all armed passed through the settlements of the valley below i watched them as it was reported they were on their way to destroy the waitangi bridge to prevent heavy guns etc being brought over before i came up with them they had scattered over the valley and were catching pigs a large number of which were still running over the land as hecke said nothing to me about destroying the bridge and as i saw no attempt to do so i was silent on this matter indeed at this time they were making good use of the bridge by driving the pigs over they had caught on the other side of the river hecke had heard of the arrival of the troops in the bay and asked if i knew anything of their movements i was glad to be able to say i had heard nothing that could be relied upon tuesday june the tenth hecke came to me as he was leaving the settlement this morning to tell me that some of his party had been wishing to destroy the waitangi bridge but that he had not agreed he was well aware he continued what a help it would be to his friends the red jackets to have the bridge to cross over but he had considered what i had said the other day namely that if they decided to come to the waimate the want of a bridge would only give them a little extra trouble to slope down the banks of the river etc and that we in the interior would be the greatest losers by the destruction of the bridge wednesday june the eleventh hecke has evidently more certain information than i have as to the movements of the troops and also of wacker's movements all his people have now drawn off leaving the waimate clear some of wacker's people are moving down towards the kerikeri hecke cautioned me before he left not to allow any of the colonel's interpreters to go to ohaiwai but that if the officer in command should have anything to communicate to him either archdeacon williams or i should be the bearer of the letter archdeacon williams arrived here this evening we go together to hecke in the morning the archdeacon and i left early for ohaiwai on the way we met a native from the pa who informed us that hecke was away in the direction of kaikohe but would be back by midday we therefore rode over towards waka's encampment as we drew near to the hill bukenui we could hear firing on the other side which made us halt and having been told that hecke had returned we proceeded to his camp 
he had however gone out again immediately with a considerable party in the direction from whence the firing was heard saw Kawiti working at the par as we approached he came towards us and led us in another direction evidently not wishing us to see the interior of their stockade the work done at it the last three or four days has been immense as we were talking with Kawiti, one of the skirmishing party came in with the blood streaming down his left arm from a shot wound he had received in his shoulder and hastily dispatched three or four women with ammunition and wrappings intended for binding up wounds although his communication to Kawiti and others was given in secret that is as far as the archdeacon and i were concerned it was clear to us that sharp fighting was going on and that hecke's party was being closely pressed this occurrence put a stop to any further conversation and a considerable number of the men who were at work at the par left immediately for the scene of warfare as we were returning some time afterward towards the waimate we met several parties making towards the camp either carrying or leading wounded men they hastened on not inclined to be communicative when we came towards the base of the hill Pukanui, we could see the two skirmishing parties had come to pretty close quarters very shortly afterwards heke's men drew off towards oheiwai followed by their opponents night was now closing in and firing ceased we rode on to the waimate and shortly after our arrival one of heke's men was led up to me by a neutral native who had received him from one of waka's men sent to me by waka himself he had received a shot in the forehead which had passed in a slanting direction around some distance over the right ear and then escaped i dressed the wound and gave the man shelter for the night during the evening a variety of reports came to us of the number of killed and wounded among others that heke himself was either killed or mortally wounded friday june the twelfth left with archdeacon williams early this morning undecided as to which camp we should visit first before we had reached baheke we met a native from heke's pa who confirmed what we had heard the night before namely that heke had been severely wounded we decided therefore to go first to ohaiwai found heke in great pain the ball had passed through the fleshy part of the thigh no bone was broken haratua a chief of pakaraka had also been severely wounded in the stomach the recovery of the latter is very doubtful as far as we could ascertain five of heke's men had been killed and about twenty-five wounded several mortally we saw four or five of them but all the badly wounded that could be moved had been sent away it was proposed whilst we were there to remove heke to kaikohe at once and from thence to hikorangi all the party appeared very crestfallen they had gone out the day before fully four hundred and fifty strong knowing that a number of waka's fighting men were away and had intended to surround waka's inner par which was yet in an unfinished state as soon as waka discovered the large numbers heke had with him he conveyed a message to his men in the other par which was situated about one-third of a mile distant to leave it and take to the open field he himself in the meantime doing the same the odds was quite four to one waka could not muster at that time more than a hundred and twenty men as a considerable number had gone to hokianga 
here the archdeacon and i arranged to separate for a while as he was desirous to see an old native of his who was reported to have been mortally wounded the day before and had been taken away to his own settlement he therefore proceeded in that direction and i rode off to wacker's pa on my way i met some of hecke's men bringing in the body of one of their chief men who had been shot the day before and left by them on the field on my arrival at the camp i was surrounded and pressed with questions as to the killed and wounded on the other side they had heard that hecke had been shot indeed one of the party had seen him fall and carried off the field they were very inquisitive as to whether i thought he would die five had been killed on wacker's side all chiefs and seven more or less wounded saw the bodies of the five killed looked at and dressed the wounds of three or four of the wounded none appear to be dangerous saturday june the thirteenth early this morning the magistrates from hokianga accompanied by several europeans of that place and backed by some of wacker's men entered the settlement and in the name of the queen took possession of such bullock trays carts etc as could be found he also pressed into his service two or three bullock drivers this was a work of time so that no move has been made to-day towards the kerikeri where we hear the troops are to be landed sunday june the fourteenth all tolerably quiet in the settlement to-day native services in the church as usual congregation confined to the neutral natives living on the station monday june the fifteenth was informed this morning that hecke had been removed to kaikohe the troops are being landed at our station at kerikeri the officer in command has asked for the use of the stone store in which to place his ammunition supplies etc mr kemp has charge of the station tuesday june the sixteenth although i have no official notice that the officer in command intends to occupy this station yet i have no doubt from what the magistrate said to me that he will do so i have removed all i possibly can into my own house and yard leaving the house vacated by mr davis a short time ago the school which is also vacant and outbuildings barn and stables all empty all the natives of the settlement i have drawn to my end where they are making themselves as snug as they can some in the sheds others in huts put up by themselves about dusk a party of marines and sailors from the hazard which is anchored in the kerikeri river arrived they reported that some of the troops had left the kerikeri on their way in but were making slow progress as the colonel would not allow them to march quicker than the bullock drays laden with supplies and ammunition could travel i showed the officer in charge of the party from the ship where they might shake down for the night at the same time remarking that i presumed the officer in command of the force would make his own arrangements when he arrived by eleven o'clock to-night the great body of the troops had come into the station but without food beyond a few biscuits which had been served out to each man the drays having broken down a certain number of the soldiers were left to guard the drays during the night colonel despard as a matter of course asked for accommodation and was shown the several buildings vacant wednesday june the seventeenth last night was a sleepless one for most of us 
as it was getting on towards daylight before the men could so arrange as to be able to roll themselves up in the rugs they had brought with them. The poor fellows had eaten nothing but the few biscuits they brought with them. They were apparently more hungry than sleepy, for at daylight they were looking for food in all directions, inquiring, in their ignorance of the kind of place they had come to, if there were no stores at hand where they could procure food. Wacker, the day before, had sent in about a ton of potatoes as a present to the colonel. These were pointed out to them, and in a short time little groups were to be seen with fires roasting potatoes. Others had managed to pick up and use for cooking purposes several iron pots, pails, etc., a minute description of which and of their former uses it is not desirable to give. We had a considerable number of fowls which had been accustomed to wander over the station. These were not made a present of to the soldiers, but it is no marvel that they disappeared and found their way into the pots, etc., named above, which was made apparent by their legs appearing above the tops of the utensils in which they were being cooked. A fair-sized tame pig, which had been accustomed to run about the settlement, was heard to squeak for the last time, and the dividing of the carcass became a matter of dispute among the claimants. But a very short time sufficed to settle the matter, as the whole soon disappeared. A rough bush breakfast, the best obtainable under the circumstances, was put before the colonel and two or three of his officers. About noon, the remainder of the troops, with the loaded drays, reached the Waimate. The men, having had no sleep all night, and having to camp out, looked thoroughly knocked up. By nightfall, the whole force was pretty well distributed in the two houses, schoolhouse, outhouses and barns. The colonel remarked that he had no idea of finding such good quarters. Thursday, June the 19th. A very wet day which has prevented any outside work being done. The men busy making themselves as snug as they can. Wacker came in today to pay his respects to the colonel and to offer his services if needed. To this offer the colonel replied, When I want the help of savages I will ask for it. This reply was not interpreted to Wacker. The rain did not prevent several of the soldiers coming into my backyard and knocking over one or two of the few fowls I had left. When I remonstrated they begged my pardon and said they thought all was fair sport in wartime. Friday, June the 20th. Today has been occupied in making preparations for moving on to Ohaiwai. Archdeacon Williams is here, and has had an interview with the Colonel. Saturday, June the 21st. The necessary preparations are going on for a move towards the par. The weather continues unfavourable for operations. Sunday, June the 22nd. Our church well filled with soldiers, volunteers and others. The colonel, with about a hundred men, left the settlement after we had commenced morning service and marched about two-thirds of the way on the road to Heke's Pa to examine the position. Heavy rain came on and they returned about three o'clock p.m., thoroughly drenched. A report reached us this evening that Heke died yesterday, Monday, June the 23rd. The camp has been astir from a very early hour, preparing to march out to Ohewai. The whole force left soon after seven o'clock, but owing to the badness of the road, 
the time taken in cutting down the banks at the crossings of the several streams on the road to allow them to pass over with their arms drays etc and other obstacles it was three o'clock p m before they reached within range of the par where the camp now is wacker's men amused themselves by hunting in the scrub and fern for pigs on each side of the road over which the troops were marching but they had little success as Heke's people had taken all they could find wacker preceded the soldiers to within some half mile of the par and took possession of a number of native huts which were enclosed within a fence and situated on the waimate side tuesday june the twenty fourth active operations were commenced this morning by the artillerymen opening fire from a small battery they had erected directed by captain wilmot but little impression was made upon the defence consisting as it does of a triple palisading the outer one being very strong composed chiefly of small saplings from the bush and varying in diameter from six to twelve inches outside of this is green flax closely and thickly lashed and loopholes made through the hole i happen to have seen the depth in which the posts forming the outer palisading were sunk into the ground quite five feet what occurred therefore could quite be accounted for namely that when a small shot struck one of the large posts it lodged in it and when one of the small ones it broke it off a breach of this kind was quickly repaired by the rebels from within at the colonel's request wacker with most of his men have taken up their position on the hill described before as being within rifle range of the par here a breastwork has been thrown up and several huts built a small flagstaff has been erected upon which flies wacker's flag and a nine-pound swivel brass gun put in position on the top of the hill wednesday thursday and friday june the twenty-fifth twenty-sixth and twenty-seventh the last three days have been spent much as tuesday with but very few casualties on either side the rebels keep close to their par saturday june the twenty eighth this morning a party from the par made a sortie upon a small battery which had been constructed near the east end of the par and behind which two small guns had been put into position and used yesterday they were soon driven back with what loss is not known three soldiers were wounded none killed nothing further sunday june the twenty ninth we had our usual services to-day i offered to go out and hold a service with the troops but my offer was not accepted the reason given too unsettled for church parade carts and bullock drays have been passing on from our settlement during the day under escort monday june the thirtieth a thirty-two pound gun from h m s north star anchored in the kerikeri river has been brought in put in position and is being fired occasionally the occupants of the par no doubt retire into their underground holes as soon as firing commences these dens to which they betake themselves are holes dug in the ground the top closely covered over with thick branches of trees and upon these is thrown the earth taken from the excavation and varying in thickness from three to six feet these underground dwellings communicate with each other by passages of two or three feet wide constructed in a similar way to the caves themselves ingress and egress 
is had by an opening in the side of the roof just big enough to allow one man at a time to pass out or in end of part five